Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Seahawks fans, wherever you may be, thanks for listening to the show. Join your hosts, Bill Alfstead and Keith Myers, as we talk Seahawks football. Hey, Seahawks fans. Welcome back to another episode of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Alfstead, sitting down with co-host Keith Myers here to talk Seahawks football. We have reached the point in our offseason uh, where we have come up against a first preseason game this week, Keith, on Thursday uh, night. It'll be nice to see that. Um, we're going to talk about what went on in camp uh, between the, the uh, scrimmage game and practices on Tuesday. And then um, we're going to go over an initial um, depth chart that was put out by Bob Condotta and others, um, uh, apparently um, by the team it's in some capacity. And we'll talk about what that means. And then we'll talk about the Minnesota Vikings for like three minutes, even though this is a game preview show. Uh, we're going to mostly talk about what we want to see out of our own team uh, during the game. Welcome in. Yeah, I mean, it's a preseason game, so we don't really care much about the other team. We um, just it's all about uh, Seahawks and their roster and their, their roster battles and how all of that's going down. So that's where our show's going to be. Yeah, I think first I uh, wanted to get everyone updated a little bit on some uh, just training camp news uh, before we get started in uh, some of the roster stuff. Tariq Woolen uh, came back into practice, went through a walkthrough, says he's going to ease him back this week. Not sure if he's going to get any reps in the game. I would think not, but it's entirely possible. It's entirely, it's possible depending on where he's at on his, his recovery. Maybe he's just full go and they're just being really cautious. Uh, It was cool to see Michael Bennett and Cliff Averill at practice yesterday uh, at the VMAC, assisting with defensive uh, line drills and uh, just overall banter with all the guys. Uh, Pete said they fit right in like they never left, um, and that's that was super cool to see, Keith. Yeah, and one of the things that I like to see is that it's not just them there hanging out, you know, being seen, um, especially like I saw Bennett in um, wor- working with um, younger guys about, you know, um, how he moved his feet, like where to put his hands, like in order to get his hands and feet working together to help him get into a gap and, and, you know, stuff like that. Like that was really interesting uh, because Bennett's, I mean, he, you know, rubs some people the wrong way, but at the same time, he's one of the best interior pass rushers we've ever seen. Um, and for him to, you know, just give some of that knowledge to, um, you know, the young guys on Seattle's defense would be great. Yeah. And I don't really think he rubbed anybody on the team or affiliated with the team the wrong way. I mean, they, they may have gotten into personality battles because of the passion that he brings to the game and, and it just brought out, you know, some fierce competition. But, um, I think most of that was outside the organization. Um, well, he also, he also threw some jabs at Pete Carroll on the way out. So, yeah. um, but it's good to see him back. 
right? That yeah, is, yeah. it's one of Pete Carroll's things is, you know, he forgives people and doesn't he does. hold grudges. Yeah, you know, he, he knows how this thing works and he doesn't hold those type of things. I mean, we've seen that over and over and over again. Uh, just recently uh, with Sherman um, coming back in and mm-hmm. uh, hanging around the facility. And we all know that, you know, things are said in the heat of the moment or afterwards you kind of bent out of shape a little bit. Pete Carroll is, is, you know, he's an older guy for sure. He's got a bit of wisdom about him at this point, And he understands these things kind of roll off in time. And, um, he keeps those relationships, um, with everybody, you know, it's, it's, it's actually truly remarkable. I really, I dig that. Um, Pete said that it was really good news, quote unquote, very good news. Uh, on the Kenny McIntosh knee injury, said he's probably going to be a couple weeks, but it's uh, best case scenario considering what it looked like uh, at the scrimmage as far as his knee getting bent back at a, at a kind of an odd angle and so forth. He's going to bounce back without needing surgery or any other uh, treatment, just some time off um, mm-hmm. on couple that weeks. and some monitoring. Yeah, uh, Derek Young is day-to-day with a hip, quote, uh, slash abdomen injury. Could be a... Um, you know, a groin thing could be a hip thing, could be a um, sports hernia thing. It's a hernia, yeah, which would be the kind of the worst case scenario. But at this point, he's day to day, quote unquote, which means it's on the less uh, serious side. And we'll just kind of see how that goes. It, it still could be he needs surgery um, if it doesn't improve. And but if it does, he could be back uh, before the regular season begins. Um, Pete Carroll said that if the season started today, Evan Brown would be the starting center. Brown worked with starters again yesterday and also started the mock uh, scrimmage. Uh, looks like it's Evan Brown's spot to lose at this point. Mm-hmm. So what do you think of that, Keith, as far as being disappointed? Or are, is it a kind of a relief? And we looked at the other side as well. Phil Haynes has got that. We came into this conversation in the off season thinking maybe those two rookies would have a chance immediately to come in and take those spots. It looks like the veterans did what they needed to do so far in camp to keep them. Yeah. I mean, I would pump the brakes on that a little bit being at the first preseason game. We've seen this uh, happen before where you go into the first preseason game with the the veteran um, and then you give the rookie a chance later uh, because once you move to the rookie, you're done. Right. Um, and so them wanting to to um keep the vet in charge i mean bradford i don't think is challenged um Haynes. so i think that one's done and decided but at center it hasn't been and they've been rotating and so but this week like the mock game and then you know yesterday's practice and everything um they're just going to leave evan brown in with the ones up through the game and then we'll see what happens after the game um there's a good chance that next week's oluwatimi's week and he gets um, you know, all the first team reps all week and in the game. So um, I don't think that one's decided. Um, I just think that that's just kind of where, the, where the, the coaches are choosing to go with it right now is to, because once you make the commitment to the rookie, you're not, you can't, you can't double back on that. So it's better to leave the vet in. Yeah, because yeah, those you, guys are you know. fragile. It's not that so much as it is. Um, what do you like? You, you when you make a decision, you need to be decisive, right? And well, I think this is it. I mean, according to everybody, it's you know Evan Brown at this point. Um, it, you know, it, I say at this point, but if if the season started today, I mean, that to me means that you know Evan Brown's the guy unless he he gives it up. Um, so I don't, I don't anticipate a change there. Um, and and we'll just kind of see how that goes. Um, and you mentioned Bradford, we've got a little bit of tidbit of information. When we take a look at the depth chart, we're going to go over the depth chart that was released by the Seahawks today. Mm -hmm. Um, and we're going to talk about that and the implications of that little bit of news on Anthony Bradford to, to listen, uh, to here in a couple minutes. I will Um, say if you look back to last year, Abe Lucas did not start the first preseason game. Yeah, it was about right after the first preseason game that they made that 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 switch. Yeah, yeah. So he won it. I thought he won it like within two weeks of training camp beginning, which would be about right now. Yeah, I mean, it was one of those things where 
or immediately after the first preseason game, it was his. Yeah. Um, but he didn't start the first preseason game, despite yeah. getting a lot of reps and a lot of opportunities. Um, so that's why I, I don't put a lot of stock into um, who starts and, and that kind of stuff in the middle of these roster battles. A uh, little bit of bad news. Um, Seahawks safety Joey Blount was carted off the field with a back injury. It's mm-hmm. not known right now uh, as we record Tuesday morning uh, how that's going to go. I understand that Pete Carroll has got some time in front of the mic this afternoon uh, after uh, practice uh, to, to give an update as far as, uh, you know, what what reporters are going to ask. I'm sure that will come up. So we'll uh, listen for that, hopefully. Everything's going to be good, um, and we'll see. Um, yesterday's practice, Daryl Hall looked very good, stood out in practice, um, both in pass rush reps and stopping the run. Um, and that's that's good news. I mean, it's great we, news because he hasn't yeah. really he hasn't really shown yeah. much in camp yet. And I mean, I get that he look at Boye Mafe last year. He didn't really show much um, by this point in camp either. Um, it took him some time and there, there's some adaptation and, and all of that. So um, I wasn't too worried that Hall hadn't really shown up. Um, but the fact that he's starting to now is a very good sign for this team. And, it, you know, it's so if you can put yourself in these guys situation, um, coming in, not knowing anything, really uh, having had the playbook for a couple months, but not really seeing it on the field in action, knowing where you're supposed to be technique wise, what the coaches want to see from you. You're absorbing so much information mm-hmm. that it's hard to react instinctually. Uh, you're just thinking about everything, what you want to do. You're, you want to ensure that you have the best reps possible because you know you're being watched all the time and there's a lot of pressure for that. Um, and it's, it's nice to see a player like that emerge at this stage because some of that now absorption is kicking in and he's reacting and playing with some speed and his natural playing ability and all that and that's kind of coming through so that's that is good news Zach Charbonnet same thing came back uh, from a little um little injury uh, short absence and uh shoulder injury and it's not too serious obviously he's back full speed and yesterday he was showing up um in practice uh with cuts and um good quality impressive runs and so forth so we'll say the the running back room is pretty thin going into this preseason game because if they hold uh charbonnet out because of his shoulder just trying to make sure um he doesn't you know tweak it or anything you're looking at, at dj dallas and a bunch of um undrafted rookies that we've never heard of um that's your entire running back room for the game so uh, it's um, it's an in, it's interesting the, where they're at now. Hopefully, Kenneth Kenneth Walker gets back soon. He's supposed to be healing up and and getting close. So I would uh, say you know Charbonnet walked through on Sunday, but then was full speed with uh, pads on Tuesday on uh, Monday, and um, so we'll see. They've they've got another practice today, and then they have the day off on Wednesday, uh, mm-hmm. and then the game on Thursday evening. And I, I would be surprised if Zach Charbonnet gets a ton of carries in that, in that game. We'll, we'll have to see. Uh, Draymond Jones bounced right back. I'll mention that as well uh, from a little toe thing. That could be serious. Um, uh, he jammed his toe on, what would it be, Sunday? And uh, he, he walked off the field uh, on Sunday and kind of limping, but then came back on Monday and had a great practice full speed. So... Apparently no injuries there, but that could linger just as one of those things. We'll have to watch that. Hopefully it's not like a turf toe thing, which would be kind of the fact that he finished practice that the trainers looked at it and allowed him back out there, especially this early in, um, in camp tells me it's not, it's not, it's not going to, it's not a thing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, he got maybe he, uh, it's a little sore or whatnot, but there's no, like, there's no damage. He'll, he'll be right there. So, um, it, cause if it was anything, any chance that it might've been something the trainers would not have allowed him to continue. All right. So let's get into the meat potatoes of this show. We're, we're, we're talking game preview, but really we're talking about our own guys and, and what we want to see, um, some camp battles and so forth. Uh, the first unofficial quote unquote depth chart was released by the team in some capacity. We don't know actually who, 
put that together, but it was released in a formal sense in that Bob mm-hmm. Data got it along with uh, all the other journalists and uh, he posted it online and uh, it was kind of revealing in a, in a couple different areas. And I thought we would spend a little bit of time kind of going through that since this is the first opportunity we've had uh, to really s- see where a couple different uh, players are, are landing uh, in their respective roles. And I, I thought it was interesting. Let's start with wide receiver. Um, obviously the guys at the top, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, um, as well as Njigba have their spots pretty well defined and are, are there one, two, three behind that because of some of the injuries, Dreek Young, as well as, um, now the DS uh, suspension may cause a little bit of movement. I noticed that Matt Landers and Jake Bobo were listed in as kind of second string guys. Yeah, they're um, listed as the as the number four and five wide receivers yes. right now, which honestly does not surprise me, given and Derek Young is is actually on the outside looking in. Well, in yes. Um, remember that this is coming out for the um, for the preseason game, and we know that Young's um, banged up, so there's uh, some of that in there, but. Um, yeah, I mean, having Bobo and Landers show that they're, you know, the four and five guys, it means they're going to get some reps with the starters. They're um, going to get a lot of looks in this. And um, that's, I mean, that's not surprising given what we've seen in practice. Both of those guys have really shown up um, and done well. So um, Eskridge and Young have definitely opened the door uh, for these other guys to come up and take their job. Yeah, so as we know, Estridge is going to miss, miss the first six weeks. He can practice, he can play in the preseason games, but then he's got to be out of the building for six weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, that's going to open up a spot. He doesn't count on the roster, um, and uh, it'll be interesting to see how yeah. that goes. I, I, I like the intrigue there. Keith, why don't you spend a little bit of time talking about the offensive line? Okay, because, yeah, there's a lot going on here. Like We already talked about the Evan Brown, um, Oluwatimi thing, and, and we'll see how that progresses. But to me, more interesting is what's going on at guard because, um, you know, Phil Haynes is, seems entrenched at right guard at this point because, and Anthony Bradford hasn't been pushing him. Um, but Anthony Bradford isn't even listed as the backup right guard. He's listed as the backup left guard, um, which that was not what he was drafted to be. He was drafted to be a right guard. Um, yes. The backup um, right guard at this point is listed as Greg Island, who's a tackle. Um, yes. and that's weird. I mean, I would, if it's not, um, if it's not Bradford there, my guess is it, if this was a real regular season game and they needed a backup, it would be Jake Curran. Well, we know Jake Curran's been filling a role when, um, when Phil Haynes has been out a little bit and, mm-hmm. and Damian Lewis was out a little bit. They moved, um, they moved. Phil Haynes over to Damian Lewis's spot and allowed Curran to be there at right guard. And we didn't, we just haven't been hearing about Anthony Bradford. Turns out he didn't come into the left guard spot either. uh, When Damian Lewis was out, they, they literally moved their entire offensive line around to, to make that change. I, I, and I haven't really heard anything about Anthony Bradford, both positive or negative. Um, But yeah, this is interesting to me. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because he he was drafted to fill a role, and he's he's right, a big, huge, like people mover kind of he guard. Is. You usually put those guys on the right side. He played uh, his college ball on the right side. Yeah, um, I think having him like work out on the left is probably um, acknowledgement that he's not going to challenge hands, and they're trying to get him versatility and make sure that he's ready to go on both sides. Um, because he's going to be the primary backup, but I mean, it certainly isn't a, a good look that he's not even listed in his primary position on the depth chart. And they've got Jake Curhan as the backup right tackle now. Yeah. Well, is, well that was already oh, always going to be the case. Yeah. 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 yeah um, he, and, he was but always Greg Island coming in is interesting. Now, Greg Island spent a couple of years on the practice squad um, mm-hmm. as an undrafted uh, rookie free agent. But he's a ago. tackle. He's not a guard. Yeah. Yeah. So that's. I, yeah. Up that's until weird. this, up until this, um, this depth chart came out, I've, I've always had him listed there. 
Tackle.com has always had him listed there. Um, he is. He's, at, I at mean, he's, he's practiced at tackle. So, um, yeah. and that does lead into one of the weirdness about this, this depth chart and a lot of the ones that the team releases um, to the media is they're not always put, they're not always put together with a lot of coach. Um, That's true. Uh, input. I'll, um, I'll say Liam Ryan also is listed as a backup right guard behind Greg Island. And Liam uh, Ryan was signed, came in originally as a, as a tackle. Yeah. So, I mean, like I said, they, these are, these are not always put together with a lot of um, coach input. Uh, this is provided to the media members um, for the sake of covering the game and just to kind of help gives numbers and um, that kind of stuff. So they yes. know who they're looking at during the game and that kind of stuff. But um, yes, at the same time, like we've seen, it's not like these guys are just sitting in an office, you know, picking names out. Um, there, there has been at some level, some input, or they've been out watching practice and taking notes of where guys are lining up, um, you know, with which team and, and at what spots and that kind of stuff. So, um, it, it is interesting. Um, it could also be, uh, an error, right. That it, that they put, um, like, Liam Ryan at, at as the third string right guard rather than the third string right tackle because there isn't a third string right tackle listed. Um, yes. So there's that. Uh, a couple other positions of note. Um, tight end. Will Disley's listed uh, as a number one tight end on this team. Noah Fant, mm-hmm. second string. And then uh, Kobe Parkinson. They've also got Tyler uh, Mabry listed under Noah Fant as well. And then Kobe Parkinson, uh, third string along yeah. with a couple other undrafted rookie free agents uh, in that list as well. And Interesting then, that it's Disley listed as one and not Noah Fant. Right. That's, this is, yeah. that's part of why I look at this and I go, mm, maybe not. Um, because I think it's a matter of if you're going to play one tight end, if you, if you have a one tight end formation, what do you need? Do you need an extra blocker? Or I do think you if, need you're, an extra if you're receiver? playing with one yeah, that's interesting. One tight end may signify a, a pass play, I would think. Yeah, I mean, if you come but, with two, but, two tight ends. But, but it's there, the way the CX used the tight ends last year is there was so much free rotation. It wasn't a one guy over another guy. It was, yeah, and, and want, that's why this is kind of insignificant. We want this to look like a run, so Disley's going to be in there, even if we're going to throw. And we want this to look like a pass, so a fan's going to be in there, even if we're going to run. Um, and so there, there's a lot of like, you know, movement Disney, the uh, spot. Disney definitely does both really well. And Noah Fant does one thing really well. I wouldn't say that Disney does the, the, the receiving really well. Really? He, I think he so. It, I mean, uh, Noah he, Fant is targeted more for sure, but will Disney hold his own? Well, Noah Fant gets open better. Um, yeah. Well, will Disney is like, he can find soft spots in zones and stuff, but Noah Fant can actually beat, um, you know, coverage and that kind of thing. So he's, he's a far better receiver, um, but Disley's the far better blocker. And so I'm not meaning this is a slant on, on Disley. He's one of the best um, inline blockers at tight end in the entire league. So um, yeah. The other quirk, mean, quirky thing I saw on, on the offensive side of the ball and we'll get to the defense is um, Ken Walker still listed as number one running back, even though he's missed about five or six days of practice um, and may not play um, any snaps at all in this first preseason game. DJ Dallas is actually listed as the second running back right now. Uh, mm-hmm. Zach Charbonnet uh, as the third string running back behind DJ Dallas. And then Ken McIntosh um, is, is also listed as second string be, uh, below DJ Dallas on this roster, which to me signifies maybe he's like the pass catching running back coming out of the backfield kind of a role. Um, but, but Zach Charbonnet behind DJ Dallas to me at this point in camp, is a a tribute to DJ Dallas coming in and not letting a, a rookie second round draft pick come in and take his job immediately. Um, but B what's going on with, uh, with that? I don't think anything's going on with that. I think it's a, it's a matter of um, Dallas has shown up. Like you said, um, he's bigger. He looks quick, even though he's bigger um, running with authority, really focusing on details and setting up blocks and <clears throat> you know, making sure he's making the right reads and cuts and that kind of stuff within the zone blocking scheme. And, you know, if he's going to come in and do that, you're not going to give the rookie automatic, you know, advancement, especially when the rookie has been hurt and being held out 
Um, I mean, he he has only missed a couple practices, but he has been light a light load, like not getting as many reps and that kind of stuff. And others are just trying to make sure that that shoulder is okay. Um, One of and the so, key things that you said was uh, blocking on pass downs for DJ Dallas. It could yeah. be just a, a matter of hey, these these guys are he's better at that. A he is, and B the coaches trust him. Mm -hmm. to do the job he knows the playbook back and forth and i mean um, charbonnet's no slouch on blitz pickup and blocking in that so um but dallas has worked really hard on that um since coming into the league he's he went honestly as a rookie he was terrible um at blocking yeah, um, homer was better actually homer yeah got more more snaps his rookie season um and deserved more snaps because dallas just that part of his game just wasn't there um but he's worked really hard on it he's worked really hard with the coaches and and you know as far as like making the reads knowing where to be and then also like you know technique to make sure that he's not just blown up by the blitzing linebacker and that kind of stuff he's gone from being kind of terrible at it to being pretty damn good at it um and so that that's a testament to him um i still expect i mean let's not read into that too much you know that zach charbonnet was taken to be like uh, a guy that is going to carry a load for this team. Um, and he'll get there, right? Um, I, it's just, I agree with that. It's just like the the Evan Brown part, right? You, If the veteran comes in and does everything that you've asked him to do, you leave him ahead of him on, on the depth chart during the preseason. Doesn't mean they're going to be there when, on week one. So let's switch to the defensive side of the ball and look at the defensive um, line both uh, defensive tackles, nose tackles, and defensive ends, and see if there's any surprises there. Um, I don't think there's any surprises up front in the, in the front three, Uchen and uh, Nuasu, uh, Mario Edwards, and then Jerron Reed look to be the starting three defensive um, Nuasu line is linebacker. The, the, it's, it's Dre Jones, Mario Edwards, and Jerron Oh, there Reed. we go. Oh, okay, there we go. Yes. Your brain's just shifted up in the, on Sorry. the list. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Draymond Jones, Duran Reed, Mario Edwards are the starters, uh, Nuasu, and then I'm not going to say Daryl Taylor, Boye Mafe. Boye Mafe has uh, superseded Daryl Taylor on the depth chart, at least this one. Not surprising. Um, Pete Carroll keeps talking about Boye Mafe and how much better he's been and how improved he's been. And um, Mafe gave an interview and he was talking about how much everything slowed down uh, for him and that. It's just so much, everything's so much easier now than it was last year. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, talented guy. Uh, Daryl Taylor has also missed some time um, in practice. That certainly doesn't help him. But we kind of looked at this going in as, to the season that Mafia is probably going to get the the lion's share of, of snaps there. And Daryl Taylor is more of a situational pass rusher at this point because he showed last year that all the other things besides rushing the passer that comes with that job might be a little much for him. Um, but he's a really damn good pass rusher. So uh, I think that doesn't, that was not a surprise in any way that uh, Mafe was up ahead of him. So let's take a look at the second string guys behind those guys and, um, and see if we can see any, any patterns or surprises. Daryl Hall behind uh, Nuasu. That's, that's good news. Mm -hmm. Um, there's really nobody, you know, behind that. I, I think Joshua um, Anjuagu is is the other guy uh, in there, but it's good that Daryl Hall's in there. I, he's going to get some some great playing time opportunities, I think, behind Nuasu when he needs a little bit of rest, uh, come in and work himself into that. Miles Adams is behind Mario Edwards, um, which which to me, I'm really glad we've got Mario Edwards. Uh, everyone, by all accounts, especially Pete Carroll, uh, loves Mario Edwards. Um, consummate uh -huh. pro, a guy that comes in to work every day, sets the tone. He's going to be more of a run-stopping defensive end for us as opposed to a, a penetrating um, guy that's going to get and affect the, the quarterback. But um, yeah, he just I, never, I like that. never developed as a pass rusher the way everyone believed he would during the draft process. Um, but he's still a really good, good defensive end in terms of um he doesn't get pushed back he knows his responsibilities mm -hmm. he does them he's really good against the run just isn't um isn't 
as good of a um, you know penetrator as as people thought he could become, um, given his athleticism. And then Jerron Reed starting nose tackle. Um, at this point, that's not a surprise. It's been about a week since Pete Carroll made that um, evident that they were going to do that full time. And then Cameron Young behind him. Um, so it looks like Daryl Hall and Cameron Young are both going to get opportunities to come in and be rotation guys. Yeah, I mean Cameron Young. Um, when we thought that okay, he was going to have to be the starter and take sixty five percent of the snaps, like we were worried. But now it yeah. turns out that's not the plan. The plan is John Reed. Um, to have that spot, Cameron Young gets a chance to develop as a player before he's thrust into a predominant role. And honestly, he needs that. So mm-hmm. um, I like that move. Um, the One of the ones that's interesting to me is behind Dre Jones at the other defensive end stop, a spot is Mike Morris, yes. um, the fifth round pick who has been showing up at practice and showing out at practice, like just really looking really good. Um, and that's got to be that's got to make everyone um, happy because uh, he presents some much needed depth on that defensive line and his ability to play three tech and five tech spots um, and you know get after a quarterback and and all that kind of stuff like that's a it's a great sign to see him showing up and and getting reps and getting a chance to make a big impact. Yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. Okay. And then uh, linebacker, no surprises here. Wagner and Bush are listed, but behind them, a little bit of surprise to me. Um, John Radigan mm-hmm. and Ben Burkirvin are listed as the backup inside linebackers on this team, off ball linebackers. Um, both those guys actually, you know, are, are decent. Ben Burkirvin might be the surprise there. John Radigan has been thought of as a guy that could come in and really have a good camp and, and impact make this roster. The other guy that we've been talking about, though, is Vi Jones um, as, as a guy that's flashing in practice and showing up and, and everyone's, you know, getting rave reviews, haven't heard a lot about Radigan. Maybe that's because John Radigan's already viewed as, as being a, a, a guy that's expected uh, to have that impact, at least with the coaching staff, and is, is just real steady there. And Vi Jones is kind of flashing here and there, but John, they, they favor John Radigan at this point. Yeah, it's... It... John Radigan being in the backup spot isn't that much of a surprise. It's Vi Jones not being there and Ben Burkirvan being there. Like there's there's something that happened there because it was Vi Jones's job and Pete Carroll talked up Vi Jones quite a bit and how fast he is and how athletic and he put on some weight and he's ready to make you know to make a big impact. And you and I were saying that if Devin Bush falters, you know, Vi Jones it could be there. Um, and then for them to have uh, Burkirvan listed an, above him on the depth chart here um, is odd. We'll just go with that. It's odd. We all know that Ben Burkirvan really hasn't taken any snaps. Uh, he's come in off two years not playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, serious knee injury with nerve damage. Um, testament to, John, uh, to to Ben Burkirvan to come in and just kind of show up and and, yeah. and take a spot. Now, obviously, this is... Um, this is not official. This mm-hmm. is just kind of a unofficial depth chart, uh, like you said. But um, yeah, that's that's something there to watch. I I, I want Vi Jones to make the roster only because I want the athleticism upside, and we already know the depth situation. Uh, we've got uh, basically two guys at the top, three guys really, uh, if if you count, um, if you count Jordan Brooks. Um, that are in their contract years, essentially. Bobby Wagner's a one-year deal. Devin Bush is a one-year deal. Uh, Brooks is playing on the last year of his rookie contract. So if we don't develop anybody, we're going to start over next year. And so anyway, that'll be interesting to watch. Okay, let's talk about cornerback really quick. Um, Michael Jackson and, and Tariq Woolen. Uh, Reek Woolen uh, are the outside corners uh, starters. Testament to Mike Jackson holding that spot uh, over Devin Witherspoon so much so that the team has pivoted a little bit, which has kind of affected the depth chart as, as it goes down. Uh, Devin Witherspoon is uh, the starter listed at the nickel spot. Um, so he's, he's a top three corner in this defense. He's going to be on the field. Like there will probably be a nickel or dime Keith, I would say 75% of the time. Probably, uh, based, yeah. yeah. Based on where they were last year and where they think that they're going to go this year. 
Um, and um, so that's interesting to me. Trey Brown is behind Woolen uh, on the depth chart. Um, Mike uh, Witherspoon's also listed behind Michael Jackson at uh, at the outside corner spot as well. So he's going to have a chance to to play. I don't even see Kobe. Well, there's Kobe Bryant. He's Kobe Bryant's actually listed as a strong, strong safety. safety. This. this is and this is when I I looked chart. at this and I at these and I'm like, okay, they're just like with the offensive line. I'm like, oh, that was there's some stuff there that doesn't make any sense. It does um, make Kobe, sense though because they've talked about it. They've they've but literally he hasn't been playing made strong playing. safety. He's been playing free safety. He's been on the back end. He's not up at the line of scrimmage. And, and we'll probably have a better chance of getting on the field at at free safety now that Joey Blount is is potentially not going to be on the on the 53 based on yeah. injury so um and yeah interesting and um uh, jarek reed can play both so um my guess is that they screwed up and put kobe bryant in the wrong spot uh um but maybe maybe but i have a theory on this i think they think they look at kobe bryant potentially being similar to julian love and a guy that is more comfortable in the, in the nickel uh, in a dime package when they've got, uh, you know, five or six defensive backs on the field, uh, Kobe Bryant would be one of those players that may, may play closer to the line of scrimmage as far as, you know, covering running backs out of the backfield, possibly blitzing. Um, I know that he knocked, he, you know, uh, four force fumbles. He's a little bit more physical than we give him credit for. Um, they may see him in that Julian Love role too, where he's kind of a, jack of all trades guy for them yeah we'll see. i'm just speculating at this point but yep. julian love being listed as a strong uh, <clears throat> safety as well is is kind of a misnomer in that he's a more of a hybrid guy he's going to play both anyway yeah i mean and but so was ryan neal and ryan neal was listed or was the starting strong safety for all of last year right. so um right. julian loves just there in that same role um they don't other than Jamal Adams, they don't have they don't typically have that traditional strong safety that uh, near the line of scrimmage thumper that you know that kind of stuff. And Adams is still on the pup like he's and it doesn't sound like he's close to coming off of it. So um, this will be really interesting. Is uh, what happens to Joey Blount? I I wish him well. I hope it's for the best. But if he does yeah. not end up making it, this really does kind of open up a spot for one of those fringy guys that we were going to be kicking ourselves that wasn't going to make the roster, like Jarek Reed, for example, who's listed currently as third depth chart, probably now moves up to the second spot mm -hmm. as, as a free safety. But then jo Jonathan Sutherland, I understand they like really well. Um, at strong safety may have an opportunity now, or potentially Artie Burns, depending on which way they go. We've heard great things about Artie Burns, but is there a spot on this roster for him? Depending on how this thing shakes out, those are some of the the, the battles that we need to watch. Like who's gonna who's gonna really kind of step forward and, and take a take a spot here? There's an opportunity. Yeah. Um, also, even though Reek Woolen hasn't practiced, um, and he's back, he's I mean they're easing he's off the pup so he can practice fully, um, but they're still easing him in and not giving him any reps. Um, Pete Carroll came out and said, "No, nah, Reek Woolen's a starter. Just yeah. cut it down. Like, He's, he earned it. He, he earned it. He earned it's it. it's yeah. his job. Um, and then you know we'll see. Which seems how obvious. Go. Yeah. Um, yeah. but it's, so it's not a matter of oh well he has to come in and re earn his job. No, he it is his job. Um, Trey Brown's done a good job during camp, and and the that, fact but, that he needed to come in and say that though is interesting to me. In that Michael Jackson has so, done such a good job." that nobody can see him being taken off the field. So he's yeah. going to, he's there. And then you had guys while Woolen uh, was out a little bit, guys like Trey Brown and Artie Burns and Devin Witherspoon there, that all three of those guys could potentially be a starter on, uh, as an outside corner for this defense. Mm -hmm. And oh no, 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 it's Woolen. So that's over Witherspoon. That's over anybody else. That's his spot. Yeah, well, but Michael Jackson isn't going anywhere. Last year. Yeah, but, but, yeah, but the Michael, big news is Mike Jackson, I think. The bigger news is Michael Jackson and his ability to hold on to that spot with all of the pressure of uh, a Devin It's a war. It's a war. I mean, this was the biggest camp battle coming into training camp. 
This was going to be the biggest camp battle to watch, I thought. And it turned out to be over before it really started. Mike Jackson never let it go, never even had it contested. He's the guy. And uh, that's that's a great story, really, for him. Yeah, I can still see Devin Witherspoon taking the starting reps. and But you, we said it before, them going to the nickel you know, 75% of the time. Well, that means Mike Jackson's on the field. And on Witherspoon's the already a starter, essentially. Yeah, and Witherspoon slides inside. So, um, or they just leave Jackson out there and Witherspoon gets 75% of the snaps. I think um, what, what the, the big story here to watch is the diversity, the interchangeability of all yeah. these guys, uh, except for maybe Woolen. They, they want to kind of keep him you know, on the outside and so forth, but everyone else, maybe Jackson as well, but everyone else is scheme diverse. They, they're they looking at Kobe Bryant mm-hmm. at safety. You know, Trey Brown could probably slide inside. Witherspoon could probably play a little bit of that as well. Come up. He defends the run really well. Um, and so Jonathan Sutherland, guy like Jurek Reed, um, Kobe Bryant, obviously um, Julian Love. Love can play all over the place. We all already know Quandre Diggs can play both free safety and strong safety if you know if they needed to in a pinch. Um, I really like this um, this defensive back room for the Seahawks. Yeah, they 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 do a good so job of making strong. of making most of the players in it scheme diverse, and they can line up at different spots. I mean, um, Jackson, Woolen, and Jamal Adams are the three guys that have a position. Everyone else is kind of, you can float them around and you can do different things with them. Um, and I like that. It makes it hard on opposing quarterbacks to, to know what Seattle's doing because, you know, if, the, he, if a opposing quarterback looks up and sees Julian Love in the slot, they're thinking, okay, well, this is man coverage because they just moved their strong safety out. Um, but on that play, Julian Love's actually a corner and they've got someone else doing the strong safety role and it's, and it's still zone, right? So it, it, um, it can confuse um, opposing quarterbacks when you've got guys that can move around. One last thing before we can, well, maybe a couple things. Um, DJ <laughs> Dallas is listed as the, as the first team punt returner, kick returner. I don't know that that's necessarily a surprise. He came out of last season strong in that area, uh, comes into camp defending that, but then retaining that role. Jackson Smith and Jigba and uh, D Eskridge are listed as backups. Uh, in those roles, uh, punt returner in Jigba. I, I, I cringe at that, uh, but that's how they view him. He'd be excellent at that, really good at that. In fact, I'm absolutely positive. And then D. Eskridge is the kick returner um, in, a, in a backup role. So we'll see how that plays out. We'll see how uh, that plays out. I, I, I get what's on here with as all of that, but if um, the running back room continues to be hobbled with um, – injuries across the board Dallas won't be running back kicks uh, right they're not gonna put their one healthy running back um, out there on kick returns right and Eskridge is going to be gone for at least the first six weeks because of his suspension um so right. there's there's going to be other things that's gonna they're gonna have to to figure out here and it and part of it is that they're waiting for to figure out who's going to be on the on the roster um because you know, does Cody Thompson make the roster? Because if so, he's yeah. he's a he's a candidate to be a um, a punt returner. I was surprised Kenny McIntosh isn't isn't on that list, but it's not very deep. I mean, they've got two guys listed, and that's about it. They've got Tyler Lockett sitting there as well, but he's not going to even see that at all. Yeah. Um, okay, I said up front we'd spend five minutes talking about the Minnesota Vikings. Let's spend five minutes talking about the Minnesota Vikings in you this said game three. a little bit. All right, you said three, three. Let's spend three, three, four, or five. <laughs> okay, so Minnesota Vikings uh, come into town. Uh, Kevin O'Connell is the coach. Wes Phillips is the uh, is the defensive coordinator. Uh, they've got uh, uh, some nice players, uh, you know, uh, especially led by Justin Jefferson. Probably, mm-hmm. I would argue, the best wide receiver in the NFL. Just pound for pound, guys uh, gets open, makes big plays, um, it, it, and they've got Kirk Cousins throwing to him. I mean, can you imagine? a better quarterback in the system um, thrown to him, but he does the job, gets him the ball, gets, uh, they get him uh, involved in space. And, and, and they whatnot. drafted Jordan Addison. Um, and they drafted Jordan out. Addison. Yeah. I love so, that uh, pick as well. Even yeah, though he that, likes to drive fast, I will say that. <laughs> True. <laughs> um, but, 
he plays fast, so it makes sense. He plays, um, he plays fast, even though he's not that fast. No, but he um, plays fast. Um, yes. But no, two guys that can get open at will. Um, maybe Addison's not going to take the top off at defense, but he can get open whenever he wants to. And so for um, that's going to help Jefferson. I like that draft pick. It's one of the only draft picks that they have that I like. I mean, I like the third round pick um, Blackman, the cornerback out of um, USC, but he's more of a project and the rest of their draft. I They've got him listed as a like starter much. though in their depth chart, which is uh, Mika Beck, uh, Blackman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting to me. Um, yeah, their, their defense is kind of, to me, uh, a work in progress, not as strong as their offense. Their offense is pretty decent. Well, machine, they're going to score points. They scored a ton of points last year. They had a great record. They had kind of a, uh, one of those teams that was a regular season team, but when they got in the playoffs, you just knew that they were going to lose and the, and that's what happened. Oh yeah. They had one of the um, easiest schedules out of everyone in the NFL. Right, they took, right. they took advantage of some bad teams to make themselves look like a great team, but they weren't, they were a paper tiger and it showed as soon as they got to the playoffs. Yeah. So, um, okay. So let's finish out by talking about two camp battles on the Seahawks that you're interested in, in looking at in this uh, game to find out really who's, who's coming out on top. Well, you know, I'm going to pick offensive line stuff, right? Um, so I'm going to be watching um, the centers, both of them. And and because it's one thing for, for Evan Brown to get start, you know, the starter reps and be out there for the first quarter. That doesn't mean that he's going to, he was the better player, right? So I'm going to be watching that one um, in a lot of detail. Um, and then on the other side, uh, I'm going to be watching middle linebackers because um, we know the top, who the top two are, right? And we know that Jordan Brooks will come back eventually, but um, Radigan, Burkhurvin, Vi Jones, that um, trio competing for two spots, I think is, is really interesting. So we will, we'll see like that's, that's definitely um, the two battles that I'm watching. You know, coming into this, the, this show, I thought it was going to be the, um, the Vi Jones, Devin Bush show. Uh, who, who is really better? Who does the team favor? All that kind of stuff. And I was going to be watching that. Now I don't know. I guess it's now a group of with Ben Burkirvan in there. I we already know the limitations of Ben Burkirvan. He's undersized. He's coming off a serious knee injury and so forth. I, He's I'm not just a good not tackler. so sure and all that. And so I want to see Vi Jones succeed there. Um, selfishly, I'm going to be looking at all those defensive backs, like who gets snaps and where. Um, and yeah, so are they making plays? Are they? You know, they've been making plays in uh, camp against our own guys, all that kind of stuff. Can they do it against another system, another team, even if it's, uh, you know, first-team guys are, are out uh, after the first uh, couple of series and we're playing second and third-string guys? We've got so much depth there. I think we're still very strong in that uh, regard. And then on the offensive side, I'm going to be looking at the running backs. I want to see um, if Zach Charbonnet comes in. DJ Dallas is going to probably get the start fine, but does Zach Charbonnet come in and make DJ Dallas look like pedestrian running back? Um, is Zach Charbonnet that much better, at least visibly on the field? So I'm going to be taking a look at that. And then the last one is um, Drew Locke. Drew Locke seems to be a kind of an afterthought. He's got a real opportunity. Um, I think he's going to definitely be the backup uh, quarterback for the Seahawks, but can he show enough in training camp to make a name for himself again to possibly get a, a, a another contract with another team next year as a potential guy that's viable out there, or is he going to be a career backup? You know, I don't necessarily think that needs to be decided in preseason in 2023, but it's a factor. And I kind of want to just see how he has progressed with this offense in the off season the team seems to trust him. And I kind of want to see where he's at. And I don't expect to see Geno Smith very much, yeah, especially in this first game, of, a lot of drew lock and, and Holton dollars. Um, in this game, um, I will say that Geno Smith came out and we've already talked about this on another show and talked about the way Locke prepares and the way that he does stuff and his ability to, to make throws and do stuff on the run and all these things. And he's like, this guy, this kid's good enough to be a starter in this league. And yeah, he's going to have to wait and get, have someone give him an opportunity. Um, but he's good enough to do it. Like I, I coming from Geno who waited and spent all those years as a backup before being given a real chance as a starter and then showing up like, you know, he knows what he's looking at. <laughs> um, yeah. you know, 
and for him to to come out in defense of Locke and just being like, yeah, this kid needs needs to be given an opportunity. Um, it tells me something, but he's got to show it on the field in these preseason games. He's got to be able to move the offense, make the throws, make the reads pre-snap that he needs to make um, before any team's going to consider him. Um, you know, bringing him in as a as a competition with someone, right? So this it's a really important game for him. Yeah, or, or and preseason in general. Now, I want to see the guys that he's comfortable with throwing to, too. You know, Jake Bobo, Matt Landers, uh, Kobe Parkinson, all those guys have got tons of reps with Drew Locke in training mm-hmm. camp so far. Does does he come out and try to exploit uh, some of those things? Um, and and J- we all know now that Jake Bobo and Landers potentially have spots on this roster and to have them turn out and have a great game. That'd be something um, as well as Kobe Parkinson has a, has a opportunity this year to break out um, and increase his, his opportunities, especially in the red zone. Do they use him in that capacity? Those would be things to watch and, and be fun. It's finally, Keith, we're here. Um, I know we've got, it's been we've got so a game long. Thursday. We're going to come Football. back uh, Friday morning. We're going to have a show. Uh, reaction show on this thing and get that out for you on Friday as well. Um, yeah, football. Here we are. Yep. No more practices, <laughs> no more off season, like speculation. Um, we're actually talk- going to be talking about football on the field in a game situation. I could not be more excited. I am, I am pumped for this game. Yeah. Fun stuff. All right, let's get out of here. Find Keith on Twitter at Myers NFL. You can find me at NWC Hawk. You know where the show's at. When you find it on your favorite podcast platform, hit that subscribe button. If you like the show, leave us a, a great review. That's helpful. Um, and then our YouTube channel. Uh, if you're not watching the show right now, you should be watching it. Go out to YouTube, search Seahawks Playbook Podcast. When you find it, hit the subscribe button and leave us a comment too. Most of our comments that we do have uh, comment that at that channel. So that's kind of fun to respond to some of those. Um, a lot of the comments, comments on that ch- on that are critical of me. So um, feel free to add to that. And um, yeah, whatever. Uh, <laughs> if you think I'm an idiot? Tell me. I'm okay with that. Yeah, we've both been called <laughs> idiots before. I just never share that with you. Yeah. Uh, I delete okay. those comments as soon as they come <laughs> up. I leave the ones that are critical of you, though. You know, because of... Yeah. Whatever. Um, yeah. Doesn't bother me. So feel kidding. free, everybody. I'm kind of um, kidding. all right take care guys go hawks go hawks seahawks playbook podcast listeners thanks for joining us for another edition of the show you can find us on twitter bill is at nw seahawk keith is at myers nfl and the show is at hawks playbook you can listen and subscribe to the show at seahawksplaybook.com Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.